Go with me please this evening to Ephesians. We began a series a few weeks ago called Filled with the Spirit. And I believe we should continue in this further, maybe for a while. Ephesians 5 and 18. Ephesians 5, 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Now, actually, the word excess, uh, in many other translations, use the word for debauchery or losing control or reckless action. It's not a matter of drinking too much wine. It's why you got drunk. It's losing control in getting drunk. And uh, obviously a lot of people have done a lot of things when they were drunk that they wish they hadn't done. And that means, you know, if you weren't in complete control of everything you were saying and doing, who was? He said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but what? Instead of getting drunk on alcohol, or you could include getting high on drugs, instead of that, be filled with the Spirit. We need to uh, we need to not just tell folks don't get drunk and get high. We need to give them something to replace it with. <laughs> For real, because they're this life is tough to take sober. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. It's just, this is a rough place. People talk about, you know, I've heard some foolish folks, unbelievers say, this is heaven. Right here, right now. Boy, if it is, we got shorted. <laughs> no. Granted, there's so much beauty from God's original creation that you can still see, even in its fallen state. And if you'll follow the Lord completely, He said you could experience some days of heaven on the earth, but this ain't heaven. Not even, not even close. <laughs> no. There's a lot of pain here. There's a lot of cruelty. It's full of the curse. Darkness. Oppression. Full of death. It is. And so, like I said, it's tough to take. Sober. <laughs> now you're laughing, but why is there such a big problem of people reaching for the bottle? Or for the pill. Or for the syringe. People are dying. By the scores. Every day. From overdose. It's terrible. But instead of saying. Well you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. They already know they shouldn't. And ain't no need in getting high and mighty. Bunch of folks in this room. We're real close. Being in the same place. Just the mercy of God. And the ones that wasn't close 
Could have been. Except for the mercy of God. People say, oh, I'd never. You could quicker than you think. It starts small. It starts light. Next thing you know, doing stuff you wouldn't dream you'd do. Next thing you know, you feel like it's beyond your control. It's driving you. But we have a Savior. We have a healer. We have a Redeemer. And nothing's too hard for Him. Don't you believe it? I mean, the enemy will tell you. Your own body, the cravings of your own body will tell you you can't get free. It's a lie. Many have been set free. Hallelujah. Nothing's too hard. Come on, somebody say, nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing. Nothing. You can be, I don't care, you could be as addicted as anybody's ever been. And yet, you can be as free as you could possibly be in a short amount of time. Instantly, actually, by the power of God. But what is it that's pushing people to reach for something, to alter their consciousness? People want to escape. They want relief. Sometimes from the pain, sometimes just from the boredom. Doesn't have to be pain, it just... People want to be excited. They want to be ecstatic. They want to be thrilled. But there's nothing in alcoholism and drug addiction and all these other things but death. It's death and destruction to your, everybody that's around you on your way to death. There's a better way. Somebody say there's a better way. And that's what he's saying. Don't be drunk. The result in which is dissoluteness. The Young's literal says complete Jewish Bible says don't get drunk with wine. It makes you lose control. Instead. Everybody say instead. Here's something we do instead. Instead keep on being filled with the Spirit. Say it out loud. Keep on, Keep on. Being, filled. being filled. The word spirit filled has been used too loosely in modern times. It's used as a label to indicate someone who may at some point in their life have spoken in tongues. <laughs> and that is not what the scripture is talking about. See, it got too quiet, didn't it? (laughs) Spirit-filled church, spirit-filled pastor, spirit-filled ministry, spirit-filled this and that. And the truth is, a lot of these folks may not have been filled with the Spirit in a long time. We saw in scriptures, if you were here and if you weren't, let me recommend, go get the previous lessons. won't cost you anything. Catch up with us. We saw how that the same people that got filled in Acts 2... Same people got filled again in Acts 4. There is one initial receiving of the Holy Spirit, but there's supposed to be many refillings throughout our life, which is why this scripture talks about, there's a play on the word, when it says be filled with the Spirit, you could translate it be being filled. 
as an ongoing thing. You get filled, you get filled again, you get filled again, you get filled again, just like somebody got drunk, they got drunk again, they got drunk again, they got high, they got high again, right? They got high again. Now, now people laugh, but am I the one that compared it to being drunk? No. This is the Holy Spirit. This helps us to understand a characteristic of the experience of being filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Keep on being filled, the complete Jewish says. Amplified says it like this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Does church, does prayer, does Bible reading have to be dead and dull and boring? If it is, we ain't doing it right. (laughs) No, we can be stimulated. We can be filled. Hallelujah. Similar to how somebody would get drunk or high, only Much better. That's a poor, poor, poor substitute. For the real thing. This is the real thing. There's no high. Like the most high. (laughs) Listen. Whoa I got high. You ain't been that high. This is the highest high. Thank you Lord. And if more people. Our young people, our teenagers, and our old people who've had issues with this experienced the fullness of the Spirit, not just a religious concept, but experience it, it would help them to turn loose of this other stuff. Because you'd know I don't need it. And the power of God, even if there was a physical or you know, brain or chemical addiction, whatever, people say, yeah, but I, it's the chemical, it's the, I'm clinically addicted. What does that even mean? The power of God is more than enough. Come on, are y'all with me? Don't try to tell God it's too hard for him to do. It's easy. Easy for him. Maybe impossible for you, but easy for him. Somebody say, it's easy for him. It's easy. Easy for him. Go with me to Acts, the second chapter, please. Acts chapter 2. Here we see, in the beginning days of the church... The first recorded instance of believers being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we are a part of the same church. We read about in the New Testament the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, the church at Colossae, the church at Philippi. Well, got the church at Branson, church at Sarasota, part of the same church. What has changed since then? Gospel hadn't changed, right? Name of Jesus hadn't changed. Great Commission hadn't changed. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. So what happened in the beginning days of the church when people got filled with the Spirit? In Acts 2 and 4. Acts 2, 4 says, and they were all filled Somebody say filled. Now it wasn't just for a couple of special ones. There are what 120 here. Not all of them are preachers. These are beginning days of the church. 
Even the apostles themselves were, you know, yet to discover exactly what their ministries would be and what they're supposed to be. I mean, they're up there waiting on the Lord. They don't know what comes next. And yet all of them, everybody say all, all, all. They were all what? Filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would you use the word filled? Because you've got tenth full, quarter full, third full, half full, two-thirds full, three-quarter full, eight-tenths full, nine-tenths full, and then you got full and running over. And they were what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. The ghost is an old English word for spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And what immediately started happening, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Read that out loud with me. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now this is how the church got started First instance of the church being filled with the Spirit. And yet many, many, many millions of church-going people have decided this is not for everybody. Never mind that instance after instance in the book of Acts where people were filled, they also spoke with tongues. Never mind that we know for a fact the Corinthians are tongue talkers. The Ephesians are tongue talkers. The letters that were written to the early church, they're written to people that spoke in tongues. And the scripture talks about all of us speaking in tongues. And yet still to this day, or I should say by this day, it has become just a small group of us. Compared to the church worldwide. Relatively small percentage of us. That are tongue talkers. And there's a reason why. A number of reasons. I want to focus on one. Why the enemy has fought this so hard. Numerous reasons. But a big one we're going to touch on. My father in the faith. Kenneth Hagin Sr. Who's in heaven now. Tongue talker himself made this observation. This is after decades in the ministry. He said this numerous times. He said, I'm quoting him now, he said, the more I pray and worship God in tongues, the more manifestations of other gifts of the Spirit I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. Speaking with tongues is the door into all the rest of the spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. With my small experience, I would agree wholeheartedly. And others that I've seen and known, I've seen evidence of it in their lives as well. The enemy has fought speaking with tongues so hard. He's convinced whole denominations that it's of the devil. Which is a ignorant 
and blasphemous thing to say. You don't attribute the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil. If folks weren't so ignorant, they'd be in trouble. But why is it such a deal? Why is it so opposed? Why is it so contested and argued and fussed about? Because this truth that we just read. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. He's the powerhouse. Jesus said you'll receive power. After the Holy Spirit's come on you. You'll be witnesses. This being a witness is more than just going preaching. Or sharing a scripture. Or a testimony. That can be part of it. He didn't just say you'll receive power and occasionally go a witnessing. You'll receive power and you will be. You will be witnesses. Why? Because of the power. Because of the power. It's not just our talking that is a witness to people around about us. Paul, so the Spirit of God through Paul said, the kingdom of God is not in talk, but in power. Hallelujah. And we see that it was God's will in the beginning days of the church for there to be manifestations of the Spirit that were witnesses and that people saw and heard and experienced the reality of God in these. It's not just us who are witnesses. The Holy Spirit himself is witness. And we are to cooperate with him. We cannot do the job of the Great Commission or of the building of the church through natural human means. Nor human schemes and plans, no matter how elaborate or how diligent, it takes the power of God. Now the power of God, one one way of saying the power of God is the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. These are demonstrations of and manifestations of the power of God. I want to read this comment to you again. I want it to sink in really, really well. Brother Hagin said, the more I pray and worship God in tongues the more manifestations of other gifts of the Spirit I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. Now he's talking about experience. He, I mean, he said it through the years, but after 30 years, after 40 years, after 50 years. So this is not just somebody that did this for a couple of years. This is his experience. The more I pray in tongues, the more of the other gifts and manifestations of the Spirit I have. The less I pray in tongues, why? Why would that be true? We talked last week about yielding to the Spirit and about not yielding to wrong spirits. Spiritual influences are manifested in the earth to the degree they are yielded to. 
And that's true whether it's a wrong spirit or whether it's a Holy Spirit. That's right. We got into some things last, last time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we talked about some of the current issues and questions of our generation and time. Talking about questions of being gay or lesbian or bi or transgender or these things. And uh, if you weren't here, you're interested, get the, get the, start to say tape, but it's not a tape. It's a digital recording, whatever it is. But let me say also, if someone is not serious about Jesus being their Lord and about the Word of God being their standard and final authority, you can waste your time trying to talk to them about these things. In a lot of these cases, you just, it's futile and actually counterproductive. So you need to be led. Unless somebody's, it's not about who's right, it's about is the Lord real? Is his word right? But we just use that as one example of influences. And no matter what influence you're talking about, whichever spirit you yield to, you take on the characteristics of that spiritual being. There are lying spirits, unclean spirits, spirits of infirmity, murderous, adultery. There are reasons why people are just doing pretty good and doing okay, and then all at once they just have these driving thoughts and feelings night and day to do this thing that's not right and not good. And most people don't realize it's a spiritual influence. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But many people just go, I don't know, I've, I've changed, I've changed. Well, yeah, because you yielded to it. <laughs> but thank God you can yield to the Holy Spirit. And you can change. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, you take on His characteristics. Hallelujah. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But how do you yield? Why would speaking in tongues be the first thing you see? Have you ever read James before? Whoever's got the tongue has the steering wheel. Didn't he talk about the tongue is like the bit and bridle on the horse. It's like the rudder on the ship. Today we'd say the steering wheel. If you yield your tongue to that influence, you've begun yielding your whole being and your whole life. You keep yielding your tongue You yield your whole being and whole life. There's a reason why the more people yield the wrong spirits, the worse they talk. Profanity. Cussing is not just not nice. Words are containers. And the reasons why people that think right flinch When somebody say these crude, crude words and things. It's not just because they're not good language or bad language. There's a spiritual quantity in that. 
that's not God. That's wrong spirit. A lot of these words, there is, there's hate in them. That's why they're so harsh. There, there's demeaning in them. A lot of these words are trying to debase somebody, to belittle them, to demean them, to hurt them. It's spiritual substance. Oh, but a Holy Spirit-filled word can heal you. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit-filled word can deliver you, can build you up, cause you to quit thinking so little of yourself, help you to see yourself through the Lord's eyes. Instead of cussing you, demeaning you, belittling you, calling you hurtful names, the Spirit of God would never do that. If you yield your tongue to him, you'll say words that edify, words that build up, words that encourage, words that heal. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. So be it. Hold your place in Acts. We're coming back there. But go to 1 Corinthians, the uh, 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians 12. Anybody interested in yielding to the Holy Spirit more than you ever have? Stopping yielding to any wrong spirit. Now, this is something that's been confusing a lot of people. People say, are you trying to say I got a spirit? Any believer can yield to something wrong. You didn't lose your will. That doesn't mean you're possessed or that you need deliverance. You need to quit yielding. Quit yielding to that influence. But then a whole lot of folks have not yielded to the Holy Spirit. Either they didn't realize it was Him, had been taught against yielding to Him. But uh, either way, you wind up resisting the Holy Spirit, yielding to a wrong spirit. Like we said, two of the most important things you could ever learn in this life what to yield to, what to resist. And the way Jesus dealt with it, you remember when the enemy came and tried to influence him wrong in the wilderness, how did he know what to yield to and what not to? The Word of God. Is that right? He quoted the Word of God. And based on that, refused to yield to these wrong influences. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, 12 and 3, he says, I give you to understand that no man... Speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord. But by the Holy Spirit. Why would you need to say this? These folks. These believers in Corinth. Are fresh out of idol worship. For generations. They and their parents and grandparents. Have yielded the wrong spirits. In idolatrous and just ungodly and base things that they did. And there were those that were prophets of these false gods. And so there were prophecies that were not from God. And he wanted them to know apparently they'd had some things, somebody standing up and supposedly prophesying, but they said negative things about Jesus. And he said, I want you to understand. Nobody speaking by the Spirit of God 
is going to say that Jesus is accursed or anything negative about Jesus. And he's not just saying that nobody can say Jesus is Lord off the top of their head. He's talking about speaking by the Spirit. Let me read the Young's literal translation. He said, I give you to understand that no one in the Spirit of God speaking. This is speaking by inspiration. Nobody speaking by a wrong spirit is going to say Jesus is Lord. Wrong spirit's never going to testify that Jesus is Lord. So can you see he's showing them what to yield to, what to accept, what not to yield to. He went on to say, talking about in, uh, in the 14th chapter over here, 1431, you may all prophesy one by one. Say what? This sounds strange to people. Say it out loud. Read the scripture. Is this New Testament, 1 Corinthians? Say it out loud. You may all prophesy one by one. He said that all may learn and all may be comforted. Now, uh, earlier in the text, he had talked about he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. When people hear the word prophesy, they equate it with prophet, and that's wrong. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. Any believer can prophesy and should prophesy. Also, when people hear the word prophesy, they think foretelling, predicting the future. And that's wrong thinking. Simple prophecy is speaking unto men to build them up, to encourage them, and to comfort them. Am I quoting scripture? Are you in 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow after love and desire spirituals. Gifts is added. It just means things of and pertaining to the Holy Spirit. But rather that you may prophesy. Is that talking to everybody? Is it? Yeah. For he that speaks in a tongue... Speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. He that prophesies speaks unto men to what? Edification. That means building up. Exhortation. That means encouraging. And comfort. Now, if you just stop right here, this is nothing about predicting the future. This is nothing about telling people who to marry. Or that you're going to be a missionary to this place or that? Come on, are y'all with me? This is where people have gotten off. So what's he talking about? Speaking in tongues is inspired utterance in a language you don't know. Prophecy, simple prophecy, is speaking inspired utterance in a tongue you do know. The essence is the same. It's just a tongue you don't know or a tongue you do know. But what's the effect of it? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. 
Put on the screen for me Revelation 19.10. He said, I fell at his feet, at the angel's feet to worship him. And he said to me, see that you do it not. We should not pray to angels. We should not praise angels. We should never worship angels. Do not seek angels. Do not ever pray to angels. Is everybody listening? Ever. It's wrong. And certainly you never worship an angel. He said, see that you don't do it. I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Everybody say, worship God. Worship. If you encounter a real angel of God, what's he going to tell you? Worship God. Every time. Every time. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When he says you may all prophesy one by one, what's he talking about? He's not talking about being a prophet or a prophetess. He's not talking about predicting the future. He's talking about inspired utterance. And here he says what the spirit of prophecy is. What is it? The testimony of Jesus. If I pointed to you and said, come down here right now and prophesy. A lot of folks would freeze. (laughs) But what if I said, come down here and testify about what Jesus has done for you? Could you do that? If you do and you begin to do it, and you're not just reading something that you wrote or something that you memorized, but you begin to be inspired, and it comes out of your heart, and it's anointed, you're prophesying. It's the spirit of prophecy. And if it is, what will it do to the hearer? It'll edify them. It'll build them up. It'll encourage them. Or it'll comfort them, or do two of them, or all three. (laughs) But we just call that testifying. But if it's inspired utterance, it's prophecy. Why are we talking about this? Because this is part of the spirit-filled life. You still got your place in Acts? Good, we'll hold it because we're going back to Ephesians. Ephesians 5, we'll look at our text again just to remind you. He said, Ephesians 5, 18, they'll put it on the screen. He said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. There's not a period here. Be filled with the Spirit. What? What? Speaking. Everybody say speaking. When we see the first people in the church that got filled with the Spirit, what happened? They were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak. Being, there's no such thing as being filled with the Spirit and not speaking. No such thing. They go together. They are connected. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now we got got 150 examples of this in the Bible. 
150 examples of it. Of what? Prophecy. Now some of it, you know, I shouldn't say some of it. All of it goes beyond the range of simple prophecy. Being part of the inspired word of God. But you can see a number of it. That was the key thing when it happened. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That's not predicting the future. Right? What is it? This is a means of both personal edification and on the occasion that you speak to somebody else or other a group of somebody else's group edification. Hallelujah. And the source of it is the Holy Spirit. And the more filled you are, the stronger it is. We're not supposed to be empty and draggy and sad. We're supposed to be filled. Hallelujah. And even when we're feeling not so good, even under the Old Testament, David encouraged himself, didn't he? In the Lord. How, how could you do that? We got examples of it in the Psalms. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Rejoice in God. He's the health of your countenance. He's the one that puts the smile on your face and the spring in your step. Soul, listen to me. Could you do that at the house? Come on, come on. Could you do that? The answer is yes, yes. Can you do this in your kitchen, in your hallway, in your backyard? Come on, can you do this in your car? On the way to work or school instead of listening to a bunch of junk. That ain't going to edify you. Just a bunch of, you know, people's opinions or secular news. It's okay to try to find out what's going on. But don't just listen to that stuff all day and all night. It's, it's not going to build you up. It can do the opposite to you. But most believers don't live this way. We should speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues in the morning, speak in tongues at noontime, speak in tongues in the afternoon, speak in tongues and prophesy. What are we talking about? Singing to yourselves, speaking to yourselves. In in Ephesians, it's talking about you speaking to yourself. Now there's application of this, speaking to one another in Colossians, but here speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. What a different life than thinking about how bad it is and how hard it is and what you don't have and what you can't do and who won't help you and what's wrong and feeling bad and thinking about that and crying about that, letting somebody else fill your ear with all their problems. It's no wonder people are reaching for a bottle or reaching for a pill. But it won't fix it. And when you get over the drunk or the high, the problem is still there and you just got more problems. 
What should we do? David has lost everything. Lost his family. All the men have lost their family. Lost all their livestock. All their stuff. All their possessions. Now he's lost his place. The men want to kill him. What did he do? What did he do? He felt like quitting. The Bible said they had cried till they couldn't cry anymore. What, what did they do now? He went and pulled out his guitar. And he tuned it up real good. And he plugged in his amp. And he turned it up real loud. Yeah. I will be encouraged. I will not lay down. I'm coming up, I'm coming up, I'm coming up, I'm coming up. Now let me just stop, stop, stop. Can you do that? Can you do that? I'm not a musician, that's got nothing to do with it. We ain't talking about you recording. Nobody else even has to ever hear this. Can you do this? Can you lift your voice by faith? Oh, so you don't have to feel like it. You can feel like the opposite. But by faith, you can lift your voice and you can begin. You can do it by faith in tongues and you can sing in tongues and then you can speak by faith in the language you know. You don't have to sit down and try to write a song or write anything out. It doesn't have to be a song. You can just say it. You can just quote it. You can express it. But when you do, that faith of just deciding to be positive, just the decision to believe God and try to express it, you are yielding to the greater one inside you. You are yielding to the Holy Spirit. And the moment you start by faith to speak in tongues, he's going to give you utterance. The moment you by faith try to speak encouragement and edification and comfort, utterance is going to come. Quickening is going to come. And you do that enough, you will get more and more full. More full of life. More full of peace, more full of joy, more full of victory, all saying the same thing, more full of the Spirit. More full of the Spirit. Oh, friends, can you see? Two different ways you can respond to things. Two completely different ways you can react to things. Most Christians are responding and reacting to their problems and difficulties Exactly like unsaved people do. They just think about it. They cry about it. They fuss about it. They cuss about it. And what happens? It compounds. And it weighs heavier 
and heavier on you. And to be carnally minded is death. But there's another way. I said there's another way. And that's why people reach for the bottle. That's why they reach for the drug. But don't reach for the bottle. Don't reach for the drug instead. Instead. Be filled. And keep on being filled. With the Holy Spirit. Speaking. If somebody say speaking. Speaking. Speaking to yourselves. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks. The enemy has been successful. In getting much of the church to stay away from this. And even among the relatively few that know it. He's gotten many of them. Including many of us. To minimize it. Yeah I know about it. Yeah it's neat. We need to do it sometime. No. We need to live like this. Not just it's nice to. And you can. We need to. Live like this. It is the door. Into all the other manifestations of the spirit. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Go back to the book of Acts. Thank you, Lord. Some of you still wanting to hear some more of David's song. <laughs> you can finish it. You can finish it at home. By yourself. You can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What happened in Acts 2-4? Come on, help me out. Acts 2-4, what happened? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and did what? Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Are we a part of the same church as this right here? Do we have the same Holy Spirit? Why shouldn't we have the same experience? Now some of the other things differed and varied. But you see this over and over again. The speaking tongues. But I want you to notice how this tied in with other manifestations. Go please to the fourth chapter of Acts. Four and eight. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, and he preached, obviously, a powerful message. And many got saved and came in. And in verse 31, it said, when they had prayed, The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all what? Filled with the Holy Spirit and they spake the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. This is not just something you can work up. This is not just being loud or being pushy. This comes from the inside. It comes up in you. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. That's what happened with me in the first part of the service. It came right up out of me about the glory of the Lord being seen on you. Hallelujah. Those kind of things should come out of you and me on a regular basis. Not trying to manufacture something. Not trying to show somebody we're spiritual. Not trying to show anybody anything. But just rather being so full of speaking in tongues and praising him and worshiping him in tongues and and, then singing spiritual songs and and making melody in your heart and giving thanks, you get full. And you get fuller. And when the more full you are, the more of the other gifts of the Spirit manifest. So here we see power. Here we see boldness. Micah 3.8 says, truly I'm full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. In Acts 6, go over there. Acts 6 and verse 3. They said, wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. I mean, the first qualification when you're looking for somebody to do natural things is to be full of the Spirit. So one of them that they picked was Stephen. They went on to say, we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, full of the Holy Spirit. Full of, full of the Holy Spirit. Why would you keep saying that? Because just because you got filled in Acts 2 doesn't mean you are full of the Spirit six months later. Now the Holy Ghost didn't leave you. He doesn't leave you. But if you don't yield to Him, it depends on what you're yielding to as to what you're full of. If all you think and talk about is sports, then you'll be full of sports. If all you think and talk about is uh, soap operas and romance novels, then you're full of that. If all you think and talk about is covetousness and and stuff you want and things you want and whatever, you're full of that. But he was full of faith. And the Holy, how did he get full of faith? How did he get full of faith? He must have went to Faith Life Church. <laughs> now he needed to hear something about faith, right? He was was he hearing some good preaching and teaching? You know he was. And he got full of faith. And he was full of the Spirit. And now in verse 8, skip down to verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. We see him waiting on tables, a part of the Meals on Wheels program. He's not a preacher, but he's living a life of being full of faith. And full of the Holy Spirit. And the next thing you know what happened. He started having other manifestations of the. Oh come on somebody. He started having other manifestations of the Spirit. Including the working of miracles. The working of miracles. Glory to God. You know I believe it was Brother Smith Wigglesworth. 
who made the remark that he didn't know whether it was better to say that you were used or had such and such gift of the Spirit or ministry or to just stay full of the Holy Spirit and Him use you in whatever gift He wants to at whatever time. We don't need to focus on ourselves what we think we are or should be. We just want to get full of Him. I said we just want to be full of Him. Full of Him and as we do other manifestations will begin to happen. We'll just begin to see things. We'll begin to know things. Utterance will begin to come in other areas. And this is not just for preachers. This is not just for evangelists or, or for apostles or prophets. Under the New Testament, it's God's will for every believer to be filled with the Spirit and have manifestations of the Spirit in their life. Now, just because you have a manifestation of the Spirit, don't put up a sign and say, I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. I'm an event. It doesn't make you that. Not the same thing. But rejoice that somebody got helped. Rejoice that some, come on, that somebody got an answer. Forget about putting a label on yourself. And for sure, forget about impressing anybody with how spiritual you are. That will only keep you from being used. He was full of faith. He was full of power. And so there were wonders and miracles. Well, that's the gifts of the Spirit. That's the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of healings and working of miracles. And then in Acts 7, you know, so much was going on, the enemy couldn't stand it and stirred up people against him. And in Acts 7, 55, right before they, they stoned him, He, verse 55, being full of the Holy Ghost. Now, in just a few seconds, his body's going to be dead. He's going to be out of here. But uh, this is how you you leave. (laughs) You want to talk about the right way to leave this place? You don't have to leave fizzling out, downtrod, You can leave full of the Holy Spirit. He looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. This is discerning of spirits. This is an open vision. These are the gifts of the Spirit. They go hand in hand with being filled with the Spirit. And the beginning manifestations of Spirit-filled is speaking. Speaking in tongues. Brother Hagin said, the more I speak in tongues and worship and praise God in tongues, the more of all the other gifts of the Spirit I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less I have. Why would that be true? It's a matter of yielding. The more you yield, the more place you give Him, the more you're going to have. The less you yield. Can you see? We got masses of good Christian people who never yield to any appreciable degree. Living like unsaved people. Looking for answers in the world. Doesn't have to be us. I said it doesn't have to be us. Anybody want to live a more spirit filled life? Not, not just a, a label or a title. 
Do you know what to do immediately? What can you do immediately? Immediately. What can you do? Did I hear speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Lots and lots of speaking in tongues. As well as psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. He's not talking about a song out of a songbook. He's talking about speaking it by faith. Now the enemy will try to belittle this to you. Oh, that's no big. It, this is a big deal. This is, this is the big deal. This is how you get from stuck in a rut. And just a fleshly, dull, boring life. Or worse, depressed and addicted. It's how you get from there to begin to experience some of these other things. It's something you can do right now, right now, right now. You can go home tonight. You can lay in your bed and you speak in tongues for an hour or two. Come on, y'all with me? And you can get up while you're getting ready in the morning, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, and break out in a new song. Going to work today, it's going to be a good day, because I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. Going to work today. Devil get out of my way. It's going to be a good day. In the Lord. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. In the Lord. In the Lord. You can do this. You can do this. I said you can. Come, somebody said out loud. I can do this. I, I can do this. I can do this. It comes a little quicker to me. Because I've done it for a long time. Are you all with me? That's why it seems like it comes easy for me. It's just I've done it more. And the more you do it. Quicker it will come to you. Hallelujah. But if you don't do it at all, and you don't do it at all till the next time you hear me preach on it, <laughs> and then you think, I was going to do that, then you will have missed out on who knows how many other gifts of the Spirit, and help, and answers, and strength, and peace, and life, and joy. He's experienced, he's waiting on tables. Just a good kid, saved, full of the Spirit and full of faith. But he kept on doing that. Day after day and week after week. Next thing you know, other things started happening in his life. And by the end, when he left here, he's having open visions. He's seeing the head of the church. That's the gifts of the Spirit. That's discerning the spirits. That's God opening your eyes, letting you see into the realm of the Spirit. Notice in Acts 13, Paul, who was called Saul, on the road to Damascus, breathing out threatenings against the church, run head into Jesus. (laughs) And boy, was his life changed. And the Lord, you know, sent Ananias, told him to go lay hands on him, and he'd be healed and filled with the Spirit. 
What's the first order of business when you need to get ready to minister? Get filled with the Spirit. That's why the Lord told his disciples, wait. He gave them the great commission and then he said, tarry. What does that mean? Got the great commission? No, wait till you be endued with power from on high till you get filled. Then you're ready to go. And this individual tried to withstand Paul as he was ministering to a leader. In Acts 13, 9, Saul, who's called Paul, he's early days of his ministry. He's what? He's what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and mischief, you child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? This is bold. And this is discerning the spirits. He knows by the revelation what's behind this. And he's bold to address it. And he said, now, behold, the hand of the Lord is going to be on you. You're going to be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. This is special faith and working of miracles. How'd the verse start off? Filled with the Holy. Can you see what we're talking about? Filled with the Spirit is inseparable from all these other things that we want to know more about. That we're so hungry to see and experience and have. But the enemy has convinced people to either not even yield to speaking in tongues to begin with, or if they have, to not esteem it. And to just leave it by the the wayside and not practice it. But here at Faith Life Church, Branson and Sarasota and all the people that are watching us all over the country and other countries, we are not ashamed of the Holy Spirit and we is tongue talkers. We is them. We're not ashamed of speaking in tongues, and we're going to speak in tongues like Paul taught. He said he had to give them correction because they were speaking in tongues in the wrong ways. And that, that church at Corinth was a tongue-talking bunch. And yet, even after correcting them, he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, he must have got up speaking in tongues and went to bed speaking in tongues if he spoke in tongues more than that bunch. Can you see this? And yet he tells us that all of us can do this and all of us can prophesy. If this is new to you, read carefully the 12th and 13th and 14th chapters of 1 Corinthians. It's all in there. Hallelujah. In closing, I think. I'm going to let you go so you can go get started on this. (laughs) At home. We could do it here, and we will do some, but you can do it longer there. Jude 20. It's not just what we do at church for a few minutes. It's what we do as a way of life, as a lifestyle that really changes things. Jude, verse 20, just one chapter in Jude. Anybody remember? What did he say? But you, beloved, do what? Do what? Building up yourself. This is for you. This is for you, darling. Building up 
yourself. See, so many people, they're waiting on somebody else to build them up. And even mad and upset because somebody else didn't pay more attention to them. Or pray for them more. Minister to them. Honey, if you're always waiting for somebody else to build you up, you're going to come up short. It's not everybody else's job to keep you built up. You have the same Holy Spirit. Is that you got the same Holy Spirit and Word of God? As anybody else. That's right. That's right. If they got built up to help build you up, how'd they get built up? That's right. From the same Holy Spirit who's in you. You, beloved, doing what? Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Look at the Amplified. It says, you beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Make progress and rise like an edifice, higher and higher. Oh, somebody say higher and higher. And we're not talking about marijuana. We're not talking about cocaine. We're not, right? We're not talking about alcohol. Somebody say higher and higher. Oh, higher And higher, doing what? Doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Stand up on your feet. Let's let's begin to do it right now. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Building up yourselves. Rising higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be here in the building or watching online and you don't speak in tongues. You haven't spoken in tongues. You can speak right now. Right now. This is available to every believer. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then every all of us that do speak in tongues, we're going to lift our voice and speak in tongues. And when we do, if you will, if you'll do it, you can. What do, you, what do you mean if you will? You have to speak by faith. That's what yielding is. It. Yielding, let me back up. The Lord's not going to make you do anything. He won't make you get born again. He won't make you confess Jesus. And he won't make you speak in tongues. But if you will, what does it mean to yield? Act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Brother Hagin said he prayed for many people to get filled with the Spirit. More than once he said he'd pray for somebody and, and they wouldn't speak in tongues. And he'd say, uh, more than once he'd say, now, when I prayed for you, did you sense any kind of uh, uh, prompting or any, anything to, to speak? And, and more than once people say, yeah, it was all I could do to keep from it. He said, you're not supposed to keep from it. But people think, really, they think, well, I, I don't want to get in the Lord's way. No, they were filled they begin to speak. It's you doing the speaking. The difference, you have to use your tongue, your vocal cords. You have to exert yourself to speak. Just like you're speaking in English or any known language. The difference is, it's not something you thought up. It's not coming out of your head. It's coming out of your spirit. 
by faith. And don't even try to see if it sounds right to you or not. The Bible talks about the tongues of men and of angels. You wouldn't know. You're not qualified to know if it sounds right or not. Are you ready? Everybody, everybody in the place said out loud, Father God, I believe in you. And I confess Jesus, Lord and Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords, and my Lord. And Father, I ask you, as your child, fill me with your wonderful Holy Spirit and give me utterance in another tongue. Hallelujah. I believe I receive, and by faith I speak. Don't be silent. Speak. Speak out by faith. Oh, Nobody silent. Speak out by faith. By faith. Mondi gusini a noche, mele gremandi vinisce, mondi a nossa impacale, andi baningi a ione, 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 ma sole zidon gianni, mande coso si giovando. Vombia Criso don de la fra, lendi ongo se vendi amba, mandi a sende a che non do, mandi a non sondo le vada, mandi a nenge ande coso. Hallelujah! Now just close your eyes, don't look around, don't look around, don't be silent. The Lord won't make you do a thing. But by faith, if you prayed that prayer and if you meant business, He's here. He's, he's on you. The utterance is right there for you to speak. And by faith, let's do it again. By faith, lift up your voice and speak. Oh, que l'embremande se sole, yande manongo vamane. Bale kosu devanondre, inje vanande ngunkolo, ane mondisha monala confandi premete, ledo kono shande jido falo mando bijo congre. Hallelujah. Just keep your eyes closed. The Bible said the Lord has chosen what men call foolish to confound the wise. This is an amazing, supernatural means of speaking right out of your spirit beyond your limited intellect. Hallelujah. 
And the Bible said, building up yourselves. Oh, somebody say, building up, building up. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Pray it in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes closed. Do it again. By faith, express your heart and your love to the Lord. Don't speak in English. Don't speak in an own tongue. Don't be silent. Say it by faith. Pray ve mingo, long de manji, nan de moseo, le da, sign do, chero, find my ledo. Line on being saka, wind on manjon da, kel on print exa, and on banyan exerabo, nevon, candem on jande, shona, fellow, 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 Just keep your eyes closed. Some have said, well, what's the point in such a thing? What's the point in all that? The scripture says, when we pray and speak in an unknown tongue, we speak mysteries. The problem is we're in a dark world and our understanding is so limited. And God has given us a supernatural means of breaking out of these limitations and expressing our heart and communing with Him and speaking out mysteries, divine mysteries. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your voice again. Speak in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Yellow cones, a van mantecho, vondale son tonya niche. Go de la embrema, ne non se ne bane, ondonje ne male. Vale mondo se mange cole vero. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just in doing this for a very few minutes, you can already begin to sense the calming, the peace, the life. This is how you get filled with the Spirit. This is how you get full, stay full. Hallelujah. Speaking to yourselves. Psalms, hymns, 
spiritual songs, speaking in another tongue. You may speak in, in tongues and, and you may begin to interpret some of what you're, you're speaking. And then you may just begin to sing in your, or speak in your own language, but it's not coming out of your head. It's coming out of your, your spirit still. Hallelujah. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. The more you do it, the freer the flow. The more you do it, the fuller you become. Hallelujah. So do it again. Lift up your voice. Oh, I praise you. Oh, I praise you, Lord. Lord. Oh, I praise you. Oh, I praise you, my Lord. You fill me up, overflow my cup. Overflow my cup You are all that I desire Famile no so Kamien nanke Amien dono Nondo Sero Fero Made Kelo Asho Made Overflow my cup, overflow my cup, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.